Hello, and welcome to Age Appropriate, a podcast for the ages, where we aim to bridge deep generational divides, one conversation at a time. Join your host, author, and inclusive behavior expert, Todd Corley, as he and his guests discuss how generational differences influence the ways in which we live, work, play, and build relationships. Without further delay, here's Todd Corley. Elena, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Todd. It's an honor to be here today. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate having you on board today. Do you want to just share with the audience a little bit about you, uh, what you do, and then we'll uh, dive into the topic that we uh, talked about pre-show? Sure. Happy to. Um, as, as you said, my name is Elena Jokum. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I am the executive director of Equality Ohio, which is our statewide LGBTQ education and advocacy organization here in Ohio. Um, I'm an attorney by uh, training, and uh, I get the great privilege of working with a team of about 16 individuals across the state working to improve legal and lived, meaning like the everyday lived experience uh, of LGBTQ equality. Awesome. So so you introduced yourself with your pronouns, which is actually what I want to talk about today. Um, you know, it's been interesting to me as I think about this work around DNI and inclusion and equity and respect. And over the last few years, arguably, there have been more people who have used their pronouns to describe themselves and to talk about who they are. So from the perspective that you have on this work and just what that means for people, why do you think the use of pronouns is so important? And from where you sit and how you communicate and connect with people, do people across generational groups understand that significance and difference? Uh, that's kind of what I want to dive into a little, little bit today. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a great topic to bring up because we do get questions sometimes about why are pronouns important. Um, I actually I'd love to take a, a step back and just actually talk a little sure. bit about what is a pronoun because sometimes I get questions of wait what are, what does the word pronoun mean if we haven't been in our seventh grade English class in a while <laughs> that's, that's a fair question to ask. Um, so a pronoun is a word that refers to a person either yourself or the person you're talking about. So a pronoun think in terms of I and you are pronouns, he, she, and they are pronouns. Um, that is uh, typically what we think of as a, a pronoun. So when a person is identifying their individual pronouns, they are saying to the person across from them, here is the pronoun you should use to refer to me when you're not calling me by my name. So I introduce myself as Elena. I use she, her pronouns. And when you refer to me not as by my name, you can say she is engaging in this podcast with me today. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a way for you to have information about me and how I identify right up front. No questions have to be asked, regardless of how I am presenting to you and to the world. Um, so that's why pronouns are really important. And uh, they really go to basic human dignity and respect. Um, an example I would give is uh, my name is Elena. I have told you that. I've now told you that my pronouns are she, her. And if you were to call me Sheila, I might gently correct you and say, hey, Todd, my name is Elena. It's not Sheila. Um, and that's OK. That's a mistake that happens. Um, and you would correct and start calling me by the name I've given you, which is Elena. Um, sometimes when we're talking about pronouns, that is that is what we're trying to prevent is someone using the wrong pronouns that someone doesn't identify with. Um, 
So if you called me he, I would gently correct you and say, hey, actually, Todd, my pronouns are she, hers, and you would correct that and move on. Um, so by giving them up front, it's a way for people interacting in the world to just have a level playing field and understand how to address and respect each other just as much as part of the identity of their name, which I think is very accepted that we would call a person by the name they give us. So, so let me ask you, because here's what I think, you know, at least this is what I hear from people, is why do I have to work so hard to understand that, right? And you and I know this work in, in, in our own way. For those who are, I don't know, um, I'll call them basic, like, oh, well, your name is Elena, your name is Todd, that's your given name, that's it. How do we, how do we push back or, or challenge or educate people who say, there's just so much more involved than me now having to know your pronouns, why is that necessary? How do you respond to that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, sometimes uh, I've heard it be used as, uh, is this an attention seeking thing? Right. Um, I'd reframe that. It's a dignity seeking. It's a humanity seeking. It's a baseline understanding. Um, and uh, it, it is something that has been taken for granted often with people who have the privilege of having a gender pronoun that aligns with the way they present in the world, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And if you have that privilege, you you might have a challenge of understanding that there are people who don't have that privilege. Um, but can you come to this in a place of respect and understanding? Um, for example, this is very helpful for transgender individuals who are uh, who have a, a pronoun that may not match the sex they were assigned at birth. Yeah, this exactly. pronoun is now taking on to a, um, as part of perhaps a name change, perhaps not, but as part of a person's identity. It also may apply to, for example, um, cisgender women. Cisgender means um, your your gender identity matches the sex that you were assigned at birth. So cisgender women who perhaps present more masculine, but very much identify as she, her. Um, this is a way that they can, by using pronouns, share to the world uh, what their pronouns are, regardless of how they present to the world. Um, and non-binary individuals may identify with a different pronoun, perhaps they, them. Um, this is perhaps harder for older generations to understand as it is going against the gender binary. It is deconstructing the gender binary. But a person knows their identity and they know their gender, which may be non-binary, just as much as you, an individual, know that your gender may align with what you were assigned at birth. Yeah. So I know that this is taking a step for folks. It's a newer conversation for folks. But I, I have faith that we've evolved in our workplaces We've evolved around conversations of gender. Think about how dress code has changed. Right, exactly. I'm an attorney by practice and uh, or by by training, and it was expected in prior generations that women would wear dresses, would wear a skirt and tights in court. Period. Um, that has thankfully evolved so that women can present to express themselves in many ways that are not so stereotyped. Um, and that is an evolution that perhaps we take for granted. I think 10 years from now, folks will think, oh, there was a time when we didn't understand that pronouns were part of a person's identity. That's what I think we're, yeah. we're, we're in that transition phase right now. You know, you bring up another point, which I think is really interesting. So on the other side of that conversation, I imagine that there are younger people that you interact with who say, you know, Lena speaks to me when she says about who I am and how I present myself, because if I'm presenting myself with, you know, attire 
that may be very neutral and unassuming by some standards, at least now my use of pronouns gives those who I come into contact with, you know, perhaps my parents' generation or my, my fellow colleagues at a high school or college or wherever it might be, just socially, that now I have some type of identity that is not uh, to be confused. It is very clear and direct. So when, when younger people have this conversation from, again, you know, your expertise and your background and, and, and what you see every day, how is it being discussed around, you know, younger folks around this ability to take back their identity and, and, and affirm it in a way that is very, um, you know, not iffy. It is very firm. This is who I am. How, how does that happen? How does that discussion come across, do you think? I think exactly as you've described that um, especially the younger generations are growing up in a world where schools are recognizing them based on their gender identity, treating them based on their gender identity from younger and younger ages, mm-hmm. um, which is incredible. So some people are growing up in a world where this will never have been questioned, that they are treated by the name and gender identity and pronoun that they identify with. Um, and so in some ways it is um, it, it is just becoming the norm and the baseline and they're coming out of school and coming into settings where we have not caught yet up to that norm and that baseline. Um, the idea of gender expression, which was also part of what you were discussing, that is also something that is very fluid and people are very comfortable in choosing a variety of expressions that don't necessarily match with the gender binary that older generations grew up with. This is a way for a person uh, through their pronouns to really, as you say, reclaim and, and affirm that identity regardless of how a person expresses themselves on the outside. So I think that that's just the norm for younger generations. We're in a transition phase. And uh, I hope that our older generations will be able to say, yeah, I've adjusted through many different evolutions. And this is just one of those. This is just one of those. So, so w- what what advice and maybe tips do you have about those who are challenged with this transition period, which I think is a great word, right? I mean, because you're exactly right there. We have some of us have grown up with certain norms. Others, you know, my children are growing up with a different reality of, you know, who can be a president, you know, who can be a CEO, all those sorts of things, who can be a principal of a school, because they see people who are different. So during this transition time of younger folks really affirming and growing up with this as their normal, I put that in air quotes, right? and older, you know, generations, again, this is a bell curve, so this is not to say that all older, all younger have these perspectives, but generally speaking, that during this transition period, this is going to happen for some and in a way that it's going to be easier than others to accept. What tips do you have for those who are trying to figure out how to get through the transition time if they wanted to educate themselves? That's a great question. I always come back to the word grace. Um, Can we have grace with ourselves and with each other as a first starting point? Um, Because I think that spaciousness of grace is where true learning happens. Um, And It is something also, for example, if a person makes a mistake with a gender pronoun, mistakes truly do happen. Mm -hmm. What is the best thing a person can do? A person who has made the mistake should apologize and then move on. 
um, apologizing profusely or or really making a big thing of it actually puts the person that you've now misgendered in this position of having to comfort you for your mistake. And we don't want to have to do that. So truly apologizing and move on. There's grace there. Um, grace in the sense of asking and Googling. Um, is it right to ask a person with they, them pronouns to have to go and explain their pronouns to you? No, let's not do that. But if you are experiencing a person, a coworker perhaps that uses they, them pronouns and that's confusing to you, um, how amazing to go to Google. <laughs> Truly, Google right. is our friends. Right. Uh, instead of asking the person to have to somehow explain, validate and affirm their identity so you can understand, can we go to another resource, an online resource or a trusted friend that you can talk with about this uh, to get some more full understanding? Um, Additionally, I think that's the first step. That's the most important space of genuine learning with each other and with safe people you can ask. HR departments, um, your DNI officer is another person in a workspace that you could ask this about. Um, but also to understand that, in fact, the law is starting to really uh, catch up in this area and affirm. Um, I'll give an example that the EEOC uh, considers persistent, consistent, harassing, misgendering to be sex discrimination. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. Yeah. So it's it's actually, um, this has been an evolution. And yes, this is still in uh, uh, consideration by the Supreme Court right now even. But uh, as of several years ago, the EEOC recognized that to misgender a person or to not treat a transgender person based on their gender identity is actually sex discrimination. Now, um, that doesn't mean that uh, there are full LG protections under the law for LGBTQ folks. This is one sliver of area where the law has been good in protecting. Um, but yes, it actually will advertise on their website. The EEOC gives examples of what sex discrimination are for LGBTQ folks, and this is one of them. Mm. So. Our law is actually catching up for those who are not willing to adjust, perhaps, with the times. But I do think that there is a lot of space for some just stepping back and reflecting. And if um, a person who has never encountered a person with a gender expansive pronoun or perhaps a pronoun that doesn't isn't what that person would ascribe to the other person based on how they're expressing, um, have grace with yourself, have grace with the other person, do a little bit of research as to how this is happening. And then the other thing is trust the person who is telling you their gender pronoun. Right. They know their identity best, period. You don't have to understand it to respect it. You know, you said something that I've got now a couple of questions. So uh, I'll back up uh, and I'm not a lawyer, right? So everybody knows I'm not a lawyer. But I imagine when you talk about how this is being looked at, again, an evolution, that I would liken it to the fact that if someone has consistently misgendered someone and there's a level of, you know, well, maybe they're naive, they just don't know. But then there's that also that, that threshold that you cross of, oh, you know, and you're continuing to do it just to be ignorant, my best word that I can use on a podcast, and disrespectful. So at some point, we have to check that and laws can do that. So it sounds like what you're saying is, is the courts are starting to catch up to that conversation because, and, and I mean, I imagine, you know, on a playground where there's bullying or even in the corporate setting where there's bullying, that that's a form of, of it as well, because you're now starting to say, I'm not going to respect the fact that you want me to refer to you with all of these other taglines, quote unquote, 
I'm just going to call you your name and your name is X. And it sounds like we're directionally headed in a, in a way that could be um, supportive of people to feel like, you know what, I'm affirmed. That's right. That's right. Um, and I'm hopeful that that trajectory will continue. Um, we are seeing some changes in the composition of our courts and our judges uh, to be more conservative, and perhaps that will trickle down into the case law. But so far, um, it has been consistently being affirmed more and more around a person's gender identity and uh, their pronoun use as being a part of their whole self that they are bringing to a space. And if you are disrespecting that, you are disrespecting the person in the same way that other workforce uh, harassment is not accepted. Um, I think that's exactly right. And, um, you know, I, I do think that I mean, think of liken it again to if a person is consistently saying their name is Joe and another person is consistently calling them Kyle, at some point you are knowingly doing that and disrespecting the person's name whom they know themselves to be. We would not accept that in a workplace or a school setting or an organization. This is just an extension of that. We would not accept uh, completely ignoring a person's pronouns, sense of self in that space. Um, and you did actually bring up an interesting thing. You said, uh, you know, just referring to a person by their name. That's actually a good practice. If we don't know a person's pronouns, but we do know their name, simply using their name and avoiding pronouns, that's a great way right. to uh, ensure that you're addressing a person with dignity when you don't know their pronouns. You know, it, it, one thing that I, that I hear from um, my children, so I want to pivot to kids in schools. Are, are schools, to the extent that you can share or what you've heard or what you're hearing, are schools catching up or are they in line or, or are they still slower? Does it really depend? Great question. It does depend, but schools are a setting where I am actually finding more hope, more encouragement for the future than not. Um, we have several governing entities that have really leaned into supporting kids, um, specifically transgender young people, in affirming their identity. We know the science. We know and, and uh, understand that if you affirm a child in their gender identity, they are safe, they thrive. When it is disaffirmed is when you have much higher suicide Cital thoughts and contemplation um, and completion. And so teachers know these young people and more and more we are seeing uh, they are affirming young people for who they are. Even at very young ages, they are trusting young people to know their identity because young people do know their gender identity at a very young age. Um, we've also been lucky to see that some of the governing bodies, um, not all, but some of the governing bodies are again respecting this research and understanding and encouraging schools that maybe are encountering this for the first time to be affirming. So for example, the Ohio State School Board Association um, in its guidance to schools is consistently affirming and encouraging schools to have updated policies that protect transgender children uh, here in Ohio. So that has been very good. Um, sometimes there is still resistance. Oftentimes what I hear from within the school settings is it's parents and parents having mm -hmm. a hard time with this, not as much within the school setting itself. Are there, are there resources for, for parents um, that, that you're aware of? I, and I know, well, I don't know if PFLAG is one of those resources, but are there are there groups like that that are doing something in this space also? 
Absolutely. PFLAG is a great resource for parents generally. Um, it is a, a support group for parents with uh, transgender, lesbian, gay, asexual, bisexual children. Um, GLSEN is another resource in the school's setting. That's the Gay and Lesbian Education Network. Um, they have a lot of affirming tools for schools themselves, but also for parents around this. And uh, they are also helpful in shaping policy that affirms young people's gender identity and sexual orientation. Excellent. So, so I have one one last question, and I, and I always put that in quotes because I might have another idea. Mm -hmm. um, but, but how do you, in, in all of what we've talked about today, how do you define inclusive leadership? Um, you know, leading in a way that is inclusive, that is um, in front of, and not beholden to. Well, the coast is clear now. I can act. How do you define? somebody who's leading in an inclusive way around issues like the ones that we are talking about today, around pronouns or just in general, inclusive leadership. What's your words on that? I think inclusive leadership means leading from a place of openness, uh, sincerity, vulnerability to learning more and knowing that you don't know everything right now and seeing that as a strength and seeing the openness to new information and new ways of, of bringing all of those with whom you are leading together in their fullest selves to be present in the work of whatever you're trying to accomplish. Um, being spacious and able to see a person's, if, if a person can bring their whole self into this space, we're going to have a stronger team. And if there is something that I need to do as a leader to learn more about how I can can foster that, then I'm going to do the work to do that. That to me is what inclusive leadership looks like. And recognize that this is a constantly changing and evolving piece. Yeah. And that's because I believe we are evolving in a more positive and inclusive direction generally as society. Um, so this might feel new, for example, this entire conversation might really feel new to a leader who has been in leadership for some time. Right. But just as uh, we have evolved and changed in many other areas, this is simply another evolution. Um, it's not as if people have always ascribed by the gender binary for millennia um, and that now suddenly it's not, or that suddenly it's not, uh, it, uh, that there is no gender binary. It's that this has always been perhaps a conversation in people's minds or people have maybe not, have not always ascribed to the pronoun that they were assigned. We just now finally have this space and the place and the conversation where folks can actually say, hey, actually I am non-binary and I use they, them pronouns. And now I have a space where that might actually be received well and heard. That's awesome. You know, so so I'm going to I'm going to succumb to my resistance to like stop it there because I think it's a great way to end. But I've got to ask you this other question. Was there a time or was there a moment that you can reflect on that you think of where this became a conversation, like the use of pronouns like this is now meaningful because you said something that's interesting. It may have always been there. But it certainly wasn't as public as a conversation as it is today. Right. Was there a moment that triggered that, do you think? Or can you put a date and time? Interesting. I think it is the critical mass of brave human beings who collectively started asserting their identity as non-binary or 
as using pronouns and asking that to be respected as much as a name is respected in dignity as part of their identity. Um, so I don't know that there was a, a moment, but collectively we have had a shift, a critical mass, if you will, of individuals standing up and saying, no, I do, I am worthy of dignity and mm -hmm. identity in my full self of my name and my pronoun. And that is where we are right now. Um, I do think it's interesting that Marion um, Williamson, uh, the, the dictionary. Um, oh, with Webster. Web, thank, thank you, my goodness. <laughs> we all use Google now, so we don't even know what that right? book looks like. <laughs> we don't know what the dictionary is anymore. Uh, in 2019, noted that they them was the most searched term. So clearly from a, a cultural standpoint, the conversation hit a mass enough that it was one of the most searched terms so that people could understand how to be perhaps affirming of they, them pronoun usage. Um, so we really are in the midst of this conversation going beyond certain spaces and much more global mass. Awesome. Well, I'm going to end it on that note. That was phenomenal. Um, thank Elena, you. thank you for joining me today on the show. Uh, I think our listeners got a lot out of the discussion. I think it will hopefully inform those who are in a, either a workplace or a school setting and just socially. How do you make sure that you are uh, respecting and embracing people for who they are and how they define and how they uh, identify themselves? So thank you very much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Todd, thank you so much. Really excited uh, to have been here today. Thanks for listening to the Age Appropriate Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to visit us at ageappropodcast.com to subscribe to the show, access transcripts, and discover fantastic bonus content. Don't forget to share us with your friends. Until next time. <laughs>